And all right, guys, what's the story out there? Hope you're all well. Welcome along to another episode of 420 News. I'm your uh, news anchor, <laughs> uh, Martin Condon. And uh, today's 420 News is brought to you by Martin's World. Guys, hope everybody's doing uh, really good out there. I know I'm doing good. It's midweek. Um, I'm not even going to talk about some of the, the other news, non-cannabis related we have here in Ireland. I'm sure you're all well aware of what is going on there. So, um, not not to bore you too much, uh, just to give you a quick reminder that if you want to support the show, if you want to support the efforts for cannabis legalization in, in Ireland, you can subscribe to the Patreon at uh, patreon.com forward slash Martin's World, or you can also make a donation in Bitcoin through a button on martinsworld.ie. All of that money will be used to help establish a cannabis activist hub in Cork City. So... On with the show, guys, we go. So um, the first bit of the news today, actually, is going to be studies. And um, there's two studies I want to deal with, uh, both of them coming out of America. Um, sadly, we don't have much studies of the, this kind going on in Ireland uh, regarding cannabis. Um, very sad state of affairs. But um, yeah, so this study here, uh, the first one I'm going to talk about, uh, I'll just get my show notes. This study here, as you can see, it's called uh, Cannabis Sativa Extracts Protect LDL from Copper Medi Mediated uh, Oxidation. So LDL, if you don't know, it's part of your cholesterol. Um, it's kind of the, mm, I, I wouldn't say a bad one, but a lot of people would kind of say it's the bad one. Um, but what, what they've done here is they've shown that uh, cannabis and the cannabis extracts are able to mediate the effects of oxidation on this compound i know you, you'd wonder what what does that actually mean because look uh i know first off when i looked at that title i didn't have a clue what the hell it meant as well i, I took me about a half an hour to actually read into it to, to get some understanding of what it is that this study was actually getting to so the study um the objective of the study was to characterize chemical profile and antioxidant properties of three varieties of cannabis in uruguay We've talked about Uruguay before. Um, they've got uh, access to legal cannabis over there because their government don't, isn't ignorant. Um, and this study was published on the 15th of October, so just six days ago, in the Journal of Cannabis Research. The lead author was Lenore Thompson. And um, yeah, what they were aiming to do was to, to look at ways in which they can come up with therapies for, for arthrosclerosis. So, arteriosclerosis, here you go. So, what you see here is two veins, one on the left, which has a non-restricted blood flow, and the one on the right, which you can see has all of these white dots built up all around them. Well, those white dots are arteriosclerotic, cheese <laughs> man, tongue twister, um, arteriosclerotic plaque, which is basically kind of fatty deposits that uh, build up over time. And uh, one of the ways in which these fatty deposits build up over time is because of the oxidation reaction that goes on with LDL. So that pathway kind of causes the fat plaques to start depositing on the artery walls, which causes a narrowing of the pathway. So what, what these guys have went and done is they, they carried out a study. And as I said, they used three different varieties of cannabis. So one variety of cannabis was known as strawberry. Another one was known as Exodus Cheese, and another one was known as Magma. The first two varieties I mentioned were high THC varieties, and the Magma variety was uh, what you would know as hemp, 
you know, which is a low THC variety. So they collected samples then at all different stages of growth. So there was four different stages of growth to be specific. Um, the first was 15 days before harvest. The second was 10 days before harvest. The third was on harvest day. And then the fourth sample, which was 30 days after harvest. So they actually took some nice photographs here of the plants. Uh, some of them are a bit blurred out there now, I know. But what, what you kind of see is a change in the appearance of the trichome and then what that appearance actually does in turn is it actually changes the chemical profile of the plant so over time you'll see a change in the chemical makeup of those plant samples so the next little slide i'm going to show you from the study there is just showing you um just on on the left you have sb which is strawberry and you have one, two, three, and four underneath of that. Well, number one is referring to that sample that was taken 15 days before harvest. And number four is the sample 30 days after harvest. And the other two are the ones in between. And you can see on this graph, if, uh, if you're looking at it, you're, you're seeing an upward trend there. The first graph is looking at THCA, which is the THC acid. And the second form then is the decarboxylated form, which is the THC. So... You can see there that the THC acid, that it's gradually increasing over time within that uh, window that the samples were taken. But what you see on the other side with the THC is actually a major increase in that fourth sample. So that was the sample 30 days after harvest. So that sample would have been dried and cured essentially. And over that time, you actually see a major increase in the amount of THC that is present in the sample and if you look over on the other graph you're you're not seeing a reduction in the thc acid either so that's just uh, some interesting stuff that came out of there in in their study as to the chemical profiles of some of the plants but what when they got down into the nitty-gritty then of the carrying out the research and some of the results that they got back now they, they uh, basically used extracts from the cannabis plants that we just talked about and they also used isolated compounds that were bought in from uh, a manufacturer you know uh, guys in holland actually to be specific they mentioned them in the study and uh, what they done is they compared the natural like full spectrum extracts from the plants against the isolated compounds and it was quite interesting the the difference the uh, results that they got back out of it now, keep in mind, these are results from this study specifically, and they aren't like, uh, this isn't something that has been replicated on a large basis. So that's addressed in the conclusion later on in the study. So just if you don't know a lot about studies, um, the results, they're specific to this study, and they can't really be extrapolated right across the board until this is replicated more and it strengthens the data. So we go on anyway. So what they found is that the endogenous antioxidant capacity increased twofold for the strawberry and the Exodus cheese uh, varieties there when, when they were testing those out. And basically antioxidant capacity is the ability for uh, compounds to kind of absorb these free radical species that again, as I say, it reduces the negative effects then of what would be in this case oxidation of the LDL compounds, which is the cholesterol in human blood. 
And um, yeah, so that that was uh, a positive thing. And then they, they showed then also with the magma that there was only a marginal effect. It was positive. There was certainly a positive effect, but um, it was only marginal when compared to the other. And they're showing that this is then a correlation between the THC and the THC acid concentration um, in that the concentration is re reflected into the ax antioxidant capacity then uh, of the, the plants. Listen, I hope I'm not boring you too much out there with this. Like, I really like going through these studies, actually. It's a lot more interesting than news. Um, and uh, then, so what they also found then is that the most mature samples had the uh, highest antioxidant capacity. And again, when you look at this graph there, it, that's by and large what they're relating this to is to the higher THC content in those samples. So in, in that number four sample there, what that was done 30 days after harvest, after the plant had been dried and cured, they were actually seeing uh, in, in even higher antioxidant content there. So um, again, that coming down to the THC content. Then wha what they also found in this study is that the isolated compounds when tested alone they weren't anywhere as effective. They, they were slightly effective, but they weren't nearly as effective as the whole plant extracts. Um, so that then they, they also then draw attention to certain limitations of this study, wi which is to do with the, the isolated compounds kind of part here, is that uh, the full spectrum extracts that they used, they didn't characterize the entire profile of those extracts. They only looked at the THC, THC acid, the CBD, CBD acid, and uh, one or two other little compounds there. They didn't look into other things like flavonoids, terpenes, which were also present. So they're kind of saying here that the isolated compounds, that they're not as effective on their own because of the absence of these other compounds. And a limitation of the study is that they haven't isolated them. They haven't uh, identified these present other compounds. So they can't really... Uh, make a clear dis uh, kind of a statement as to the effect. But they are saying that this is certainly an indicator that would support the synergistic uh, hypothesis that is there around the cannabis compounds all kind of working in a synergy. And when they're alone, they're not as effective. So the conclusion then of this study, just to wrap it up uh, from the guys, that they say the findings support the beneficial effect of cannabis sativa extracts on the initial phase of arteriosclerosis. Since isolated cannabis compounds uh, were less effective in preventing LDL oxidation, a synergistic effect between the diverse array of phytochemicals present in the whole extracts, this supports the entourage effect hypothesis and also the therapeutic use of cannabis extracts. So that, that's a quite a, a very good study, I thought, uh, that it was worth sharing with yourselves there. Um, because I, I know in Ireland, actually, we, we do have a bit of a problem with arteriosclerosis and heart issues and things like that. So um, be a very interesting one to, to see. Yeah, they, these guys are talking about using cannabis and cannabis compounds in supplementary form. In the study, they kind of give, give indication that the doses that would be needed for the therapeutic response would actually be sub-psychotropic uh, doses. So in other words, they, they wouldn't really get you high because there's uh, such a, a, a small amount needed because of uh, the powerful nature of these compounds. And, and it's not the THC that's actually doing the work as such. Um, it's actually kicking in your, your own body's mechanisms that are there to protect itself. Do you know, this homeostasis that we talked about there yesterday with Tony, who believes that the cannabis will help 
uh, reduce the conditions that will come along with his kidney failure. So he thinks that by promoting homeostasis in his body, by, by using cannabis, he'll you know, kick, the, kick the can down the road a bit longer when it comes to some of the issues that will arise because of his kidney failure. 80 years of age, that man, if you haven't checked it out, interview with Philip Anthony Bevington there, just posted it yesterday. But um, yeah, we talk a little bit about this, about how cannabis just works with the body, for the body to, to find balance, to, to, to correct itself, you know. So um, very interesting stuff that this study then pops up today. <laughs> and then in another study, guys, and it's something I, I've actually talked about before, I'm kind of treading back over this, but there has been new data emerged to support this as well. So this was back at the start of the lockdown, the, the earlier lockdown, um, just at the earlier days of the podcast, actually, I was, talking, I was talking about the fact that researchers were, after publishing a study that showed that CBD that also interacted with an ACE2 receptor, which was the receptor that the coronavirus was using to invade our cells in our body. So th- by having CBD in our in our body, uh, occupying these cells, the, the availability of those of the receptors was lowered, and therefore reducing the risk of you being infected by the virus. So it was a very interesting study, I thought, and uh, I, I, I reported on it back then. But now another study has uh, come out in support of cannabis and coronavirus. You know, using it in therapeutic ways. Um, so this study, it says, uh, in a new study, scientists have shown that one of the non-psychoactive cannabinoids in cannabis, CBD, reduces lung damage induced by cytokine storms uh, caused by COVID-19 through enabling an increase in levels of natural peptide. So in, in this study, what, what they were able to show is that CBD, when given to patients, it increased the presence of a peptide that was decreased in COVID patients. This peptide is known as Apelin, A-P-E-L-I-N, Apelin, and uh, that is low in COVID patients, and when patients are administered with some CBD, it brings up the levels, which is uh, very interesting. This uh, Apelin is responsible for inflammation, so uh, it reduces inflammation in the human body. So it's a part of our defense mechanisms. Our body is supposed to produce this stuff to in order to reduce inflammation where it's needed. And uh, it, that also works uh, hand in hand with the ACE2 receptor, interestingly, as well. So the uh, apelin and the ACE2 receptor work hand in hand in the lungs to reduce the... It, it relaxes the lungs and it also reduces blood pressure so what happens there when you don't have cbd your appellant levels go low and uh, inflammation kicks up and your breathing gets all sorts out of whack your your blood pressure goes out of whack and uh, you can have some serious uh, adverse effects so one of these adverse effects is caused by when the coronavirus interacts with the ace2 receptor it releases another compound known as angiotensin. And this angiotensin causes an, a constriction of your, of your veins, of, of your, your pa- blood pathways and things like that. So it, uh, it's, it's not good. It's, it's certainly not good for people who have underlying heart issues. So just be forewarned on that one. And uh, maybe have some CBD drops in your cupboard as a, as a nice little preventative for uh, the coronavirus, you know, you, you can never be too safe these days. They say wear your mask, they say wash your hands, but now I'm saying 
possibly take some CBD. John, you, you can't be better safe than sorry, John. Better safe than sorry, that's all I'd say. And again, like, you know, shame on any policymakers out there keeping this bloody thing illegal, keeping it out of the hands of the researchers, doing this research. You know, a, a lot of uh, stigma there for these researchers. So this study there was uh, pu published on, uh, recently anyway, I don't have a date for it, but it was published in the Journal of Cellular Mole and Molecular Medicine. And um, that comes from scientists from the Dental College of Georgia and the Medical College of Georgia. And uh, in the study, they've shown that CBD can improve oxygen levels, reduce inflammation, reduce physical lung damage from adult respiratory distress syndrome, ARDS. So there you go, guys. Uh, very positive stuff there in terms of studies coming out for cannabis and cannabis therapies. Um, hopefully, the regulators here in Ireland will take note of this and maybe put this into the next recommendations they make when it comes to dealing and living with the coronavirus. So, onwards we go. Um, doo -doo -doo. Oh yeah, here we go, guys. And um, the next item, and uh, it's going to bring us a bit closer to home. It's bringing us up to Northern Ireland. Another story I touched on before, which is the story of Billy Caldwell. So, Billy Caldwell, pictured here, is a 15-year-old boy. I think he's 15 years old now, yeah. And uh, he suffers with epilepsy. And uh, his mother has uh, battled for Billy to get access for... Med with medical cannabis for geez, over two years now I'd say and um, I reported on this there last month that they'd signed off and approved his uh, medicine through the NHS which is the, the first time the NHS has gone out and done this and today he received his medicine so uh, this is very good news, great step forward um, so congratulations there to, to Charlotte and uh, you know my, my support uh, I'm 100% support you I think it's great what uh, you're after achieving you know Bill, Billy was the kind of the, the patient really responsible for the legalization of medical cannabis in England going back uh, two years ago but um, not the only patient but uh, definitely one of the patients uh, responsible for, for it and um, yeah his, his treatment will be overseen by several physicians and is believed to be the first of its kind in the nation to include THC. Other uh, children approved for med med medical cannabis use in the UK received CBD medicines. And uh, this is a little statement there just put out by um, Charlotte. Uh, she says, you can't imagine how relieved I am to have received this confirmation after all these years of campaigning. I'm incredibly grateful to the health authorities in Northern Ireland who have worked with Billy treating clinicians and prescriber, his GP and paediatric neurology team at Great Mormon Street Hospital to develop and approve this plan. So, you know, well done there. And uh, I, I just, you know, it's, it's great. We, we should celebrate this. And I'd hate to just put any dampener in all on these celebrations. But we just have to remind people that, like, this is just one child out of so many in, in the UK who need access to this. One child, like, it's great. Like, it honestly is it is a celebration that, that he has got it. But let's not forget the, the many other patients and uh, children out there suffering without it. One child I talked about on Monday's 420 News was Murray Gray. And uh, Murray was, if you, if you haven't seen the news, it was uh, he was dropped by his consultant because his consultant was feeling stressed by uh, Murray's case 
Murray also suffers with a severe form of epilepsy known as uh, Deuce syndrome. And uh, yeah, sadly, his uh, consultant took it upon himself to drop him. And uh, now he's left without a consultant uh, guy who would have been working with him for some time. So a major setback, you know. So while on one hand, we're def- it definitely is a celebration for Billy. Um, it's it's a battle won, but but let's not forget the war is not over. And um, if if I can hold my emotions back a bit, uh, I'll I'll just read a little statement here from Karen uh, Gray, who is Murray's mother. So she says, "This is excellent news for Billy Caldwell in Northern Ireland and long overdue." I agree with you there, Karen. Um, what about Murray? She says, and the rest of the children, though. Why is it? Uh, why is a shared care agreement between a GP and private neurologist allowed in England and Northern Ireland, but not Wales and Scotland? We are a part of the UK too. Murray has been seizure-free for 16 months now, 19 months of paying for cannabis oil that now three other children access through the NHS. Also, I didn't realise that there, so three other children are actually accessing it through the NHS. Um, thanks for informing me there, Karen. Um, can't tell you absolutely sick and tired of this I am. Billy's GP uh, called to inform me that a shared care plan has been drawn up and I, in- and I attended surgery to sign it. This care plan is one that will allow him to receive his prescribed cannabis-based medicine in the NHS. So that was just a little post there put up by Karen. Just again, just to remind people, you know, while, while this is a battle won and uh, and a very good one too, you know, it's incredible that Billy's uh, after coming all, all this way and now has access to it through the NHS, but we have a long way to go yet still, guys, in this, this war. Um, let's not forget there was a war in where drugs started in the 1930s that saw cannabis removed from the professionals, saw it removed from the, the scriptures out there, you know, the, the horrible pharmacopoeias, like check it up if you want, if you don't believe me. Cannabis re- was removed from the American horrible pharmacopoeia and it was also removed from the British horrible pharmacopoeia and uh, you wonder why they tell us then we have no evidence to support its use. Despite that, like, uh, well done to all those uh, study authors that I was talking about earlier too, who are getting all this information out there and uh, supporting patients getting access to this medicine. So onwards we go, guys, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, just before I go, uh, I just want to send out support to the Karen there. And uh, I hope things are going positive for you. I hope you, get, uh, hope you get the justice you deserve there soon and that Murray gets access to his medicine in a, a safe and effective way. So the next piece up then, guys, is a three-year suspended sentence for uh, a man uh, originally from the Caribbean. So a man by the name of Devin Walker, who is 35. So this is above in Dublin in uh, Rakul. Um, so he, he was basically uh, growing cannabis plants in some disused farmyard buildings. And the farmer didn't really cop on until he noticed his electricity bill had gone up a bit when his electricity bill went up a bit the farmer got on to uh to the cops and the cops came down watched the place and senior your man devin walker coming out of the shed with a bucket of water and apparently he seen the cops and ran back into the shed <laughs> and um the cops went in and found him inside there with three grow tents that had 140 cannabis plants inside of them a lot of cannabis plants you know but Devin luckily got a three-year suspended sentence for this 
This was a case going back to November 26th, uh, November 26th, 2018. And um, yeah, so when you look at that, actually, almost two years now f- to the day t- from when he got caught to when he was sentenced. And the judge has uh, taken, uh, given him a three-year suspended sentence. So three years suspended in full. Um, quite a waste of time, to be honest, by the judiciary. Like, what, why bother pursue these cases Waste all of this time, money, and resources only to give a man a three-year suspended sentence. No, and I'm not saying that I don't support. I don't think he should get a, got a anything, but like it's it's like if he if he committed a crime and he done something wrong, like why are we giving people suspended sentences? It's it's a complete joke. Um, one of the reasons, obviously, he got a suspended sentence in this case is because his solicitor brought up that. Uh, he wasn't the main player in this organization or in this operation. So he was only the at the lowest of the levels. He was eff- effectively the caretaker or the gardener in the operation and wasn't going to be the main benefactor. The judge accepted this argument from uh, from the, the, the defendant and uh, he gave him the three-year suspended sentence. So, I, I don't know, it's uh, 140 plants. Uh, that's, I, I don't know how much... That's worth actually 140 by 800. Uh, give me a second calculator. Get at the get at the 800 by 140. Um, 112,000. So there you go, 112,000 euro worth of cannabis plants, and he got a three-year suspended sentence. So to anybody out there worried about upcoming court cases around growing cannabis, this guy gets suspended sentences for growing 140 of them. Guys, we're going back into a lockdown tonight, uh, and I didn't want to talk about it, but seriously, what time is it? Um, that, that your grow shops are still open, guys. Get on the phone, ring them, order yourself a small ballast, a tent, a carbon filter, a fan, and pots, soil, seeds. Do it, like, seriously, what are you waiting for? It's a feckin' no-brainer. You're going to be left without again very soon because uh, the whole supply is going to be messed up again. And honestly, growing cannabis is probably one of the, the greatest hobbies you can you can get into if you're a, a cannabis consumer and uh, and a person who enjoys cannabis a lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, that's something you should definitely do. It's quarter to five right now, guys. So I know one or two of the grow shops in Cork City are open until seven, uh, possibly six. So uh, make a phone call. I'm sure if you ring them and explain the situation, they might hang around for you a bit longer because they're closed tonight at 12 for good for a while um some of them might do delivery services and all of that too you can get online too but uh definitely guys get out there start growing your own for feck's sake we need more people to be doing it there's there's when i worked in the grow shop all i can say is that if the cops were to raid a house every day a grow house every day they would be raiding them for the next five years and then some because there are so many people out there right now just even in county cork alone just in county cork alone it would keep the guards busy for the next couple of years because there's so many people out there just keeping their head down saying nothing growing one or two plants every maybe two or three months and uh they're, they're quite content quite happy not having to be out there participating supporting the kinahins and the the triads and all of these paramilitary scumbags that are out there doing this kind of carry on you know I, I wonder was this guy actually caught up in a bit of uh, human trafficking or, or, or what the crack was because he, he's coming over from Birmingham and he was only in the country for two to three months too so y- you wonder what the story was uh, a guy coming from a, a Caribbean background living in Birmingham and then operating a cannabis grow room or op- yeah grow factory whatever you want to call it um, in Ireland 
Um, yeah, you have to wonder what the real situation was there. Like, w- was he getting paid a wage for his job? Was uh, was there something else going on there? Y- you just don't know really that what was going on under the surface. Um, it's definitely an indicator that we need to have proper regulations in place so that we can support staff like this and have them paid a good bloody wage and make sure there's uh, no human trafficking going on in the background of the cannabis growing world. So onwards we go, guys. Um, the next piece of news is bringing us to uh, Dublin. And um, up in Dublin there, uh, again, <laughs> in this is in Clondalk in Dublin. And uh, what we see here in the pictures is... 80,000 euro in cash. Um, don't think I've ever had that much cash before. Wouldn't mind it myself, to be honest. Um, but uh, the cops stopped and searched the car as part of uh, an ongoing investigation into organised crime in the area. So they, they're aware of these guys. They were watching them moving about. And uh, they stopped them. They searched them. They found 80 grand in cash. And they found 800,000 euro worth of cannabis. That's 40 kilos of cannabis. Um so yeah, the community weep a little bit. That's a lot of cannabis, like not going to be getting to the streets. Now, as I say, I I don't really like to support big organized crime gangs and what have you. Like I, I don't know if these guys aren't nice guys or what, or if they paid their workers a fair wage. Um, but uh, this is a quite a big operation. Forty kilos of cannabis. That's that's not a small amount, and eighty thousand euro in cash. That's not a small bundle of cash either, you know. Um, it's definitely not your mom and pop operation. There are, uh, you know, your your buddy sorting out a few boys with uh, a few bags out of his ounce. Um, it's quite quite large operation that they have going on. But um, you know, our guardie then again wasting more time, more human resources, and more taxpayers' money going out and for fighting this. We're, we're heading into a pandemic now. People are going to be crying out for cannabis. Alcohol has been deemed an essential service. And here we have our Gardaí gloating again about the fact that they're taking cannabis off the street. Like, people want cannabis. Like, uh, there's nobody out there saying, oh God, take this cannabis away from me. It's, it's, it's ruining my life. Like, the only thing about cannabis that will ruin your life is the fact that the, the cops will ruin your life for you or, or the fact that you might lose your job or, or the, the, the social impacts of it. You know, the, the fact that you have to hide this, this part of who you are because it might affect your job, it might affect uh, how people think about you because of the stigma that's there. Um, so, waste of time. Sooner it's legalised, the better. €800,000 worth of cannabis. Imagine if we slapped a 20% tax on that. €200,000 there for the exchequer. That's a nice sum of cash, isn't it? Rather than, you know, criminals making €800,000 tax-free. Just, it's a no-brainer. Like I, I just don't understand it. One man was arrested in this operation and he was 47. So, foil being prepared for the DPP and drugs sent for analysis. What a waste of fucking time and money. <laughs> um, and onwards we go, guys. Uh, the final piece of news today is another cannabis seizure. I fucking hate talking about these things, but it's the only news in Ireland that we get really when it comes to, to cannabis. Um, so, this seizure was Monday evening on Air Square above in Galway. And uh, it involved, uh, unfortunately, a, a man, or a boy, in his late teens. He was arrested, and uh, this happened Monday evening, and he wasn't released until Tuesday morning. So they, they held this guy for the bones of uh, you know, 12 hours or, or more. And uh, that's quite a distressing situation to be put through. And, and then, like, he's in his late teens. Y- you just wonder what, what the story was there. 
20 grand of cannabis. Okay, that's that's a kilo of cannabis there, one kilo. And most likely it was costing him, if he wasn't getting ripped off, let's say eight grand. If he was getting a good deal, maybe seven grand. And if he was getting ripped off, it cost him 10 grand, let's say. And uh, it's just sad that the cops now are going to ruin this young fellow's life. He, he potentially owes some criminal out there, as I say, seven to ten grand. That's quite a, a lot of money. And it's if it's the wrong type of criminal he owes this money to, there could be violence involved in collecting it. You often hear these stories of uh, gangsters showing up at the, the doorstep of mom and dad's houses, kind of collecting debt money, drug money for, from their son, and uh, often threatening violence in order to do so. Uh, it's, it's it's sad, and it's sad to see then that this young fella is going to have possibly his future tarnished if he gets a criminal conviction for this. It doesn't say whether he has a past uh, criminal convictions or anything like that at all. Um, so I just can't felt but feel bad for for the young fella. You know, he probably I was there. Being very honest, I I was there when I was eighteen, nineteen. I I was buying kilos of cannabis. And uh, I'll never forget it, what made me stop, actually. And it was one one evening on the way back, or one afternoon on the way back from collecting uh, my cannabis. I was after going over, uh, I was after collecting half of what you've seen in that last photo. So it was a half a kilo um, of cannabis. And I was driving back across the city, coming in the South Lincoln towards the city. And there was a massive, massive checkpoint. Massive checkpoint, like... I was uh, in my car and the cannabis was hidden under my bonnet outside of the car on the right. If you're looking at the car, it would have been on the passenger side uh, up by the tax and insurance desk. I pulled up next to the fucking checkpoint and the guard standing there. Honestly, he was no more than a foot away from my cannabis. I, I was terrified. I was hoping the heat from the engine wasn't throwing a smell up into his face or something. But um, I, I never forget... Uh, that those moments at that checkpoint, time virtually stood still. <laughs> uh, it just seemed like I was never getting out of there. And uh, yeah, thankfully, like he just done done this. Like yeah, come on. And I was like, oh, thank God, the gods were on my side that day. I I got through the checkpoint. And after that, I I never went and got so much cannabis again afterwards. That was the end of it for me. I I just just couldn't do it anymore like uh, everything that went through my head at that point in time like I, I was as i said i was getting a half a kilo of cannabis the cops would have said it was worth ten thousand euro to me all it was worth was maybe a couple of hundred euro and mostly cannabis uh, that's all i was making off it a lot of the time it was i didn't have to pay for my own cannabis and from time to time i might have had an extra hundred or 150 euro there at the end of the week i was in some pablo escobar going on a holiday every week and you know, fucking, you know, just making it rain everywhere I go, splashing cash. Um, no, that wasn't me at all. Like, I, I was sorting out a, a handful of friends. I'd say uh, just ma maybe 10 or 20 or so friends that I would have had in the area. Like, you call them friends, but they were just friends in need. They, they needed a bit of weed, and I had weed, and I fulfilled that need. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a mutual beneficial thing. You know, I, I didn't really want to be paying for cannabis. I liked having a consistent supply of cannabis, and selling cannabis allowed me to have a, consist a consistent supply and also not to have to pay for it. 
But then the thoughts when I was at that checkpoint of how I actually would have paid for it, had I got caught for it, it would have been this time out of my life. And it just wasn't worth it. The, the person that I was buying the cannabis off of was making most of the money. Uh, I would imagine, I don't know how much money he was making. All I know is how much I was giving him. And I know I wasn't making very much, if anything at all. As I say, a lot of the time I was just making cannabis. One time I even had a, a half buried, a thousand euro worth of uh, cannabis robbed out of my bloody car. Um, and there was nothing I could do about it, you know. I had to just uh, sort that one out myself. And I did. But uh, yeah, that guard put the shits up me anyway. That checkpoint put the shits up me. And I never went back getting those large amounts again. That's not to say I wasn't selling cannabis afterwards. I would get an ounce and I would split it with my friends. But my friends would do the same thing. And anybody out there who smokes cannabis most likely does the same thing. Or they're buying from somebody who's doing it for them. You know, so it's, it's just what goes on out there. You, you can't buy cannabis without somebody selling it to you. So somebody has to do it. And sadly, there's a lot of teenagers out there now doing it because uh, our government are too ignorant to, to regulate it and take it out of the hands of the criminals and put it into a, a legal regulated market and study it, tax it, regulate it. All of those good things that we should be doing um, outside of the war on drugs. But uh, no, sadly, we've ignorant, tick politicians who, you know, they're just tick. <laughs> I won't say any more because uh, I'll just get really, really angry. <laughs> um, so, guys, uh, that is it for today and uh, your 420 News. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, I know I enjoyed reporting to you, as always. Um, most enjoyed uh, going through those studies there this morning. Spent about two hours just reading into that artless sclerosis and uh, LDL oxidation. Jeez, you just go down the, the rabbit hole on these things. Like I was reading all sorts of papers, non associated with cannabis, just to get an understanding of that oxidation. But that's just the, the nerd inside of me. But um, the comments then, guys. Uh, and who would you? Who? Would, yeah, no surprise. Who's at the top? Dave. What's the story, man? Like. Well done, dude. Keep it up, man. I, I love seeing your name at the top. Keep it up. <laughs> um, another study showing how little we know about this amazing plant. Yeah, well, well said, Dave. And, uh, you know, it's, it's another study showing how much we've still to, to learn about this plant and uh, as to the harms prohibition causes, because it's prohibition that has effectively hindered all of these studies. All of this information could have been out tens or 20 years ago, you know, um, if there wasn't so much stigma and taboo around cannabis, if you're a researcher and you're applying for a grant, as most researchers have to do, if you were trying to study a benefit into cannabis, most likely your grant would be refused. So this is why we don't have a lot of information out there supporting cannabis and uh, for, for therapeutic uses. So um, also there in the comments we have uh, Stephen. Stephen, how you doing, man? Hope you're well. Uh, hola. <laughs> Hope all is well over there, but and uh, he says great stuff to Charlotte and uh, an old thumbs up there. Well done, bud. Nice one for the comment. And uh, Noel Murphy commented there as well. He's saying, uh, uh, who is he after tattling on for the judge to believe he wasn't the main player? Great show, you're making some difference. Uh, thanks, Noel, for that. Yeah, you see, as I say, there's definitely something deeper going on in that story. Um, that you know, maybe there's uh, something going on that we don't know. Maybe he was growing it for the cop. <laughs> Maybe, you know, uh, who knows? Y you don't know. Um, you just really don't know what was going on. Um, and who do we have here? Jack O'Kina, um, herbalist high-grade specialist. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, man. Nice one for the comment, bud. Appreciate it. And uh, Teresa O'Connell is saying, your volume is a little low. Sorry about that, Teresa. That's me. I'm, I'd be moving in and out from the camera. Apology. Or from the camera. The microphone. So um, apologies on that. I'll try to stay closer in future. <laughs> and uh, Dave also says, thought the last time you got lots Oh, thought the last time you got lost, uh, you lost some to travelers in Elaine. Yeah, thought the last time you got lost, you lost some to that. Yeah, sorry, man, I got brain warped there and that. So you said, thought the last time you got lots, you lost some in tra to travelers on Elaine. Yeah, you're, you're bang on. That, that was the thousand euro worth of cannabis that was uh, taken from my car. My back window smashed in as I was spinning the wheels, taking off like... Uh, kind of movie stuff like uh, very exciting and terrifying at the same time and uh, Keith also says there to turn up the volume so uh, apologies there guys if my volume is low out there uh, I thought it was coming through okay um, I moved the studio around yesterday I had to do an interview from home so do not apologies I'll get the soundboard correct next time um so that's it all for for today guys thanks very much for your input and uh to the guys out there give me help let me know that the volume is low i really appreciate that input because uh yeah i'd be lost without you guys i wouldn't know where i'm at these mistakes <laughs> so guys as always keep it lit and stay blessed peace